welcome. Glad to have you with us. And uh, let me just tell you, Jordan is in from Powderhorn Guns in Archery. And uh, he is not alone. He has brought in three terrific firearms, one that has really got me going here. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Jordan, before we do show and tell, uh, let's grab a phone call, see if we can answer a question for Ken in uh, Harrisburg. Ken. Hey, good morning. Good morning, yes. Gary. Uh, and the rest of you guys. Uh, if, a, if a person has a concealed and carry uh, license, uh, can, they, can that person take medical marijuana? Yeah, you can take medical marijuana. <laughs> you can't carry a gun. Well, uh, you can't yeah, legally but, buy one. But it, it doesn't have the THC in it. So uh, it's not going to make you high. Uh, as far as I know, if you've got medical marijuana license, you've got a problem if you're a concealed carry guy. But let me defer to Jordan and see what he thinks. <laughs> well, I know you cannot... Uh, you'd be breaking federal law by answering the questions on the uh, the 4473 to purchase. Now, as far as just carrying and having one or the other, I'm I'm not sure about that. I don't know if there's anything in the concealed carry statute for Missouri that deals with that. But as far as purchasing goes, yeah, you, you can't truthfully answer one of the questions. We'll just I think you're actually yeah, more I understand right than that. I, am. If you, if I understand that if you're going to buy one. Sure. But uh, uh, if, you know, you've got everything that you that you want, uh, sure. gun wise, uh, that you know it's kind of a gray area, and I'm I've never been able to get a uh, a fact answer on it. I think Jordan is right, and I think I'm wrong. Uh, I think that uh, it only affects the next check. If you have a barrel of money, we can go find a lawyer and ask them and see if they'll actually yeah. tell us. But yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. that barrel of money we're all missing to get. I, I honestly don't know what the legalization, the, the local Missouri legalization of it. I, I I don't know enough about the statute if it even says anything, the concealed carry statute. Well, if it says anything about it. Who could I contact to find that out? Maybe Dale Robert. Uh, maybe Dale Roberts, if he's listening, will call in. Okay, uh, Dale has a, a website, uh, mogunlaw.com. And yeah. he comes on the program regularly. He might be listening this morning, and we'll see what he says. And if he's not, I'll send a bill. Thank you very much. All right, Ken, thank you. If he's not, Brian says he'll send him a bill. <laughs> he better be listening. That's all I can say. Hey, it's time for show and tell. And we've got a Beretta here, 9 millimeter, And uh, we got a rail on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> this is a nice-looking... Millimeter. This, this is the Beretta 92XRDO. Um, the X is just the frame style, so it's a vertex style frame, which means yeah, you've got the the uh, the rail uh, as you were on the bottom of it, and you have a vertex style thin grip system on it. Um, still a 92, looks just like a 92. The RDO meaning it has a cutout on the top to be able to put your optic on it, uh, your red dot um, optic on it. It, it is. No secret that I love my Berettas. Um, I've been a Beretta collector for years and years. I think because I brought I was brought up in the '80s and '90s, and that was the uh, that was a really cool uh, gun to to look at, especially in the movies and everything like that. And it started my affinity with them when I started shooting competitions. One of the first guns I had um, when I started shooting competitions, and then through college and everything else, um, even on the police force, it's what we had. So I, I I do have a lot of personal affiliation with these guns. I really love them. The nice thing about these uh, these new '92 Xs. 
thin grip, so it fits a few uh, hands um, better than what the older grip is. It is kind of a, a rougher texture grip, which I, I like. Some people don't like it. I really like having that rougher texture. Um, I've shot with blood on my hands. I've shot with sweat, and uh, especially, especially blood, it gets... It gets really slippery, so having something with some texture on there so you can really still get a firm purchase on it is is a really really good thing. Um, it has the so we can put a flashlight on the front of it. Um, has the RDO cutout. Still a great trigger system. This is an FS version of it, um, which means you have a, a safety and a decocker. Um, the 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 slide mounted. Um, uh, is, is the safety and a decocker. We also, I think, have one of these in a G, maybe still. Uh, the G is decocker only, so it doesn't act as a safety. It just flips down to decock for you. It puts a block up. Uh, but, man, these are these are fantastic firearms. They fit so many hands. They shoot well. They point well. The trigger reset on them as well. Um, you can find tons of holsters because we've been making this gun the same for, gosh, what, 40 almost 40 years now actually a little over 40 years we've been making this gun the exact same way so there's a ton of holsters a ton of accessories and things like that not as many as the 1911 <laughs> but still a whole lot of accessories on this and and i just and these are made in the usa the night these 92x rdos are made in the usa um and they are just i think they're just a really good uh, pistol it's been harder for us to to keep these in stock and i think we got two or three of them and i, I think we have a g left i'm not sure i didn't look uh, last uh, last night but uh, i know we got several of these 92 uh, fs's in and it's a good price. Yeah. Uh, it's seven twenty nine. Yeah, and these will come with, I think, two 18-round uh, magazines. So you have 18 plus ones. You have a 19-round capacity in that uh, that frame, that vertex frame. And that's, a, it, that, that's almost enough. That's almost enough rounds <laughs> for the first magazine. It's almost enough, but not <laughs> quite. You're talking about holsters. And if, yeah. uh, you know, you've got a rail on this, and uh, most people probably put something like a flashlight on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how difficult is it to get a holster that will fit this firearm with a flashlight? I mean, do they have to be custom made? Do they can you buy them off the shelf? You can buy them off the shelf. As far as con- as far as concealed carry goes, it does start to limit it. But now there's so many people. We have a gentleman that works for us that makes custom Kydex, so we can do all of those things. It does make it harder because of the way the Kydex has to hold the weapon. So any type of retention device has to change. Um, I don't think I have a concealed carry holster uh, for my weapon with the light on it. I do have several uh, just uh, hip-mounted, which I can still conceal. Uh, but I have several hip-mounted ones from Blackhawk and some other. I think I have a leather one um, that are just kind of a tension hold um, on it. But, uh, yeah, it, it is different if you want to put a light on there. Lights are great. Lights are great um, tools to have. I don't use the light as much uh, weapon-mounted light as much in my concealed carry. Um, I, I have just a separate flashlight because of the way I've been trained to use them differently. Because a mm-hmm. weapon light, I really I, you don't search with a weapon light. You you use the weapon light to hold um, once you're on a, a threat or a target, and then use a handheld to uh, to search with. And that's just the way I've always done it. So I do, in concealed carry, I don't use it as much, but. Uh, you can definitely find some of those holsters, and there's so many custom Kydex people out there now. Um, so you can get something made exactly the way you want with the cant that you want and how much ever coverage you want, and that's 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 really not too bad. And, man, those guys usually charge 60 70 bucks to make you a custom holster, so it's, it's pretty cool. Now, do you have a favorite brand of holster for an over-the-counter? I probably do, but just, I don't know if it's just because I think it's so great or just because I've used it for so long. Uh, I have probably more – I definitely have more Blackhawk holsters than – anything else um, but those came in popularity back when i was starting this in my you know 18 19 20s and then used them for duty holsters um, used them for tactical holsters used them for concealed carry holsters so i, I don't know if it's because they're so much better or it's just 
You're I've, so I've, used to it. I've used to them, and I've never had a problem. People say there's problems with this, problems with that. I've never experienced that. So I just I just keep using it. You know, I just, hey, they've, they've been great. They're in an okay price point right in the middle. So I, I use the heck out of them. I don't use leather much, but, uh, yeah, I've just I've always used the Blackhawk stuff. I, by the way, have a drawer full of <laughs> holsters. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> how I acquire <laughs> too, these things. <laughs> Uh, we, you know what we ought to do is we ought to get a great big table, uh, put it up at Powderhorn, and have everybody uh, toss in their holsters and then uh, look for one that, you know. It might actually fit because I, I lose track of what fits what. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, I'm, yeah, I'm betting that uh, just about all of us have had the experience. We go out and we get the holster. We think it's going to be great. And we, eh, nah, I don't particularly <laughs> like that one. Do you, you think that's what women do with purses? and We just do it with <laughs> holsters? Do you think it's a similar thought process behind it? Well, no, I, I I think we're we're much more logical than them. They're, oh. em, they're emotional. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, my you're, wife is listening. You're breaking She's up on gonna, me. I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds but, like somebody's going to be visiting <laughs> singlesilver.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> somebody's going to be getting a new purse. Is what's going to happen here? <laughs> what do you mean, singlesilver.com? The implication there is that I'm old. <laughs> That's, that you was, think? 1984, you were old. This is something else now. <laughs> oh, man, we got to get somebody to, <laughs> to fill in this slot. Because <laughs> this, yeah. this is getting brutal here. Oh, My Lord. Uh, we got a couple more firearms we're going to try to get to. We'll grab some more phone calls, too, if you've got a question. 800-529-5572. Get you into Gary on Guns. And uh, before we get to the next firearm, let's get John in Columbia. He's got a question. We try to get those first. Good morning, Gary. Morning, John. I was, I was listening to you talk about your not-so-proud purchase of your 1911 earlier, and I was I was thinking about getting a truck gun, and I was thinking about the Rock Island Arms 1911 with the it's like the tactical. It's got the ambidextrous safety. It's got the skeletonized adjustable trigger and hammer and all that. And I just wondered Rock if Island. Any, Rock Island makes a pretty good uh, 1911. And I just. I just wondered how he, if he would use that as a carry gun or a truck gun, if he, if he would have enough, if, if there's enough faith that it would not jam on you, like you were talking about earlier. Cause I, you know, uh, the guns are not cheap anymore and they're a little harder to find sometimes. And I've just been doing, looking and, and, and watching over it. And I just wondered if you, if you guys had a comment about him. I think Rock Island makes a hell of a 1911. Uh, Jordan? Yeah, they make some. We sell a lot of them. The thing I would recommend is uh, purchasing a different magazine. Uh, get rid of the cheap magazine that comes with it because that's where most of your malfunctions come from is from a, a magazine problem. Um, get rid of it. Get a nice Wilson Combat. But Chip McCormick, same same company makes them now. But get a, a nice Wilson Combat mag. It'll run you thirty bucks. Uh, but man, those mags just function so much better in the 1911s. Uh, but that that really that that really make you feel better about it because those function so much better. But yeah, those are great guns. We sell a ton of them. Okay, okay. I have I have some of the old stainless McCormick yeah. 1911s from some Springfields I had. So I think I'm. And you guys sell those, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we've got those too. But those old Chip McCormick ones, that, that's what I used. The, the follower is just a better follower, and it allows it to, to feed better. They're, they're great gun, uh, great uh, magazines. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a good day. All too. right, John, you too. Up against the clock, got to take a quick break. Jordan is with us, Potterhorn Guns and Archery. If you got a question, 800-529-5572. When we come back, two more terrific firearms uh, for show and tell. I'm Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to have Jordan with us, too, except when he's uh, making fun of my uh, my 
my age by exaggerating it. Um, and, and Jordan is with Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And he's uh, this is a show and tell, so he's brought in some really neat firearms. We're going to go to Smith & Wesson uh, Equalizer. This is neat, too. Yeah, this is something they just came out with. Um, I say just, but we just started getting these in uh, within the last month or so. Um, it's it's kind of cool. It looks a lot like their M&P uh, series pistols, but it is a little bit different. Um, it's got the easy slide on it. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the easy slide, it is easier to manipulate the slide. Um, the slide takes about, I think they say, 35% less effort to move the slide back and uh, forwards. So making it easier uh, for people that have trouble grabbing a hold of a slide, which which happens uh, as we get older, you're smaller, things like that. Uh, you know, Gary, um, it makes it harder to grab a hold of these things <laughs> and, uh, and be able to manipulate the slide. So it has the easy slide on it. It's got the standard M&P uh, frame on it, but they have retextured the frame. So it does feel a little bit different. It feels rougher, which I, I like. I really like a rougher frame. Um, it comes with three magazines. It comes with a 10-round magazine, a 13-round magazine, and a 15-round magazine. It does have the RDO cutout on the top, so same cutout for an optic that you can put on this thing. Um, has the Tang safety, which some people are used to, some people are not. Uh, this model also has the regular frame-mounted safety there, but used to the flip button. Um, but uh, great trigger reset on these guys. It's lightweight and still handles because it's it's based on the M and MMP Shield <laughs> Plus frame. That's the the words that are trying to come out of my mouth, and uh, it, it's great. And that easy slide is different. So if you if you have the easy slide next to a regular slide, you can tell that it is significantly easier to manipulate the slide. Um, so that that really does help a lot of people. So it's it's a pretty cool new offering. I think we have this and a compact one uh, in stock right now. And the price point on them is really good. I think they're four ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, for brand new, you know, Smith and Wesson guns. So uh, really really great little guns. These these have fit a niche with a lot of people for concealed carry uh, with that easy slide on them. Even us old folks on fixed income can <laughs> swing that price uh, and that uh, easy slide. Uh, I, I do know that uh, if you've been injured, uh, for some reason you've got a problem with hand strength, uh, that easy makes a pretty big difference. It really does. I, I've able to put a few people into the easy that normally I would have moved back into a 22 um, or a larger framed 380, uh, something that would have a, a significantly lighter recoil spring in it. Um, because you know, if you can't operate it every time, then that's fine. We'll, we will find something you can. Uh, but people have been able to operate that and then stay in the 9mm cal uh, caliber, which is which has helped a lot. I mean, that's that's important, but you got to be able to manipulate it. You know, it can't be a struggle to manipulate the firearm. Well... You know what we didn't do? Uh, did we talk price? Because it was pretty uh, pretty reasonably yeah, priced. Yeah, it's four ninety nine on those. Um, and yeah, I think that's great for a, a brand new, reliable, uh, good firearm with a good warranty. Smith and Wesson has a nice warranty. They're they're easy to work with when we when and if we have to do any type of warranty work. They're they're really easy to work with. All right, now uh, the next firearm. He's he keeps slapping my hand away. He won't even let me touch it because he knows I'll steal it uh, if I can. Uh, and it's a Sig, and. Oh, my God, does that look cool. <laughs> the the good old uh, SIG Rattler. I think it's an MPX Rattler. Uh, so this is your, I, I'm going to say AR style. I think some people just cringed when I said that. But uh, for the general public, <laughs> we're going to talk AR style uh, weapon. It is a totally different um I shouldn't say totally different, but it's a totally different recoil design. The bolt is very similar. Um, the way it works is gas piston. Um, th this thing is compact. This is a pistol with um, one of those... Uh, 
new evil things on the back of it. So still pistol brace on this. Um, still legal uh, for us to transfer to own until they publish that in the, the register. And then the uh, the lawsuits will, will start. Um, but the, the cool thing about this SIG one is it totally has a different recoil system. So you don't have a buffer tube coming off the back. That's what we're used to in AR pistols and mm-hmm. things like that. Is that big old tube coming off the back, which just houses a spring. Um, and then another little piece inside the spring that helps bring that spring back forwards um but uh, that doesn't exist on these you've got a do it looks like a dual pistol recoil spring is what it looks like just really long ones that go on the inside of the weapon so it's able to maintain a very compact package and the the, the brace does fold over to the side out of the way so that you can store this in a very small case it has a five and a half inch barrel um it's super light because you know aluminum frame polymer um uh, grip uh, system on it everything else is, is aluminum on it so it is super lightweight easy to manipulate around uh, great for carrying um, because it does fold up so small and it does it is so light that you can store it easily you don't have, to have a big old gun case out um, to, to, to haul this thing around in and it is an adjustable piston. Uh, the gas block is easily adjustable. So that's something most people will never have to worry about. But with certain types of ammo or if you decide to do other things with a firearm, you do need to change, uh, make some adjustments to your gas piston depending on uh, how, how much we want it to recoil uh, back on us, how much gas we want to come back down to, to, uh, to operate the, the bolt. So all of that is adjustable on all of these. A great trigger. Uh, comes with their, their SIG trigger on it, which I, can't, I think they call it a match light. Uh, the Matchlight Duo trigger. Um, it's a 1.7 twist rate. It is just a, a an all-around great weapon system. That MPX uh, weapon system is just, it's really, really nice. Is that magazine uh, an AR-15? It style? is. Yep, yep. Takes a regular uh, standard uh, AR-15 style magazine that are, you know, super cheap, super reliable, uh, super easy to use. I'm wondering how, in how many states... How many states are trying to ban that? Um, well, let's see. Let's let's just say the coasts. Yeah, uh, and and Illinois. And Illinois. Oh, God, uh, let's let's talk is, about Illinois. But that is just a really uh, slick firearm. It, yeah, Sig Sig did a really good job with that, and just taking the AR system and making it a little uh, easier to make it compact and reliable. Because um, you, you start making things more compact, and it changes the. Uh, engineering of a firearm and they did a really good job i, th- I think uh changing that making it a really really reliable uh, weapon system now it's uh this is 24.99 it's not in, uh, you know it's not a really inexpensive firearm but it is a well-made firearm it, it really is and that's the last one of those we've got that might be the last braced firearm i think we have in the store um so uh, we'll 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 see how all that plays out but that's it still available for sale and we're going to sell that until the government tells me i can't so this, uh, so if somebody listening right now uh, is is thinking I want that, they got to get down there uh, today at ten o'clock, right? <laughs> well, that'd be the the best uh, chances because uh, we all expect that re- that rule to be published at some point. But then you'd have the time if if it doesn't get challenged and somehow this law, I'm sorry, rule stands. Um, you still have the 120 days to turn in uh, your fingerprints and do all the stuff on a Form 1, but not have to pay the $200 um, to own what they will now call an SBR. I wouldn't do that. I, you know <laughs> what? It, it's like, here, we'll, it, it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> we'll make it easy for you now. That's right. Then we'll slam the lid on you when you do it. <laughs> all right, up against the clock, but we got more campus carry advances in West Virginia. Should be all over. That's coming up on Gary and Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Jordan is in Potterhorn Guns and Archery. We've got uh, campus uh, carry advancing in West Virginia. We'll talk about that.
uh, court case, Range v. Garland, if you hadn't heard about it, we'll tell you about it. Uh, then uh, what we try to do is we try to bring experts on, like Jordan, uh, every week to talk about firearms and the law and advances and all of that. Uh, but every once in a while, it's good for us to reach out uh, to get, well, opinions from other firearms experts. Not just opinions, but facts about guns that we didn't even know. Yeah, I'm I'm so impressed. Yeah. Um, Geraldo is, well... He's going to educate us on the meaning of AR-15 and that kind of thing. You could because you don't know. Yeah, Jordan is is so ill-equipped. Uh, right. Yeah. He has no idea. So Jordan, pay attention, okay? Will, I've got my notes and pen ready. Okay, fire away. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Go ahead, play it. <laughs> oh, look at me! I'm a big it's deal. A rifle. And, and it's it's not a rifle. Yes, it's Greg. a rifle. It's a, it is a machine. What is AR stand it is, for? It is it is it is a, a automatic rifle. No, that's not what it is. Well, I, all I know is that AR-15s have no place in okay. American society other than sport clubs. Okay. And I agree with them on that. Wow. It stands for automatic rifle. Huh. See, Jordan, wow. you thought it was Armalite. <laughs> I, I did. I guess I was wrong. I need to press harder on that thumb safety and I get to go one more spot. <laughs> <laughs> you think that'll do the trick, huh? Uh, oh, Lord. Oh, we try, we try very hard to rely on experts and, well, Geraldo ain't it. <laughs> Range v. Garland. Are you familiar with the case? Uh, no, sir. I don't oh. think so. It is um, apparently this guy in the 1990s, uh, 1995 to be exact, was convicted of felony welfare fraud. Uh, so he, he didn't beat anybody up. He didn't shoot anybody. He didn't rob a bank. He didn't commit a crime with a firearm. Sure. Uh, he cheated welfare. And as a result of that, now that he's, you know, turned his life around and he's a good guy, they won't let him have a gun. Uh, the fact that his case will now be taken up by the entirety of the Third Circuit uh, doesn't necessarily mean the decision will be overturned because they've already decided, nah, you can't have a gun. Uh, so now they're going on bunk, and, uh, and this is, I guess, in New Jersey. Um the uh, Third Circuit doesn't necessarily mean the decision will be overturned. It definitely indicates that there's an interest on the appellate court to dive deeper into the history of the right to keep and bear arms, particularly how today's felon in possession law, established as part of the Gun Control Act of 1968, comports with the history and tradition of the Second Amendment at the time of the Founding Fathers and the ratification of the 14th Amendment. To that end, a new amicus brief just filed in the Fifth Circuit will hopefully be a part of the uh, Third Circuit's reading material because it provides an excellent synopsis on why the current statute is problematic under the Bruin test. So I, I've always been of the opinion that if you have served your time, you know, if they gave you 20 years and you served your 20 years, when you get out, you should be a free person. You've you've paid your debt to society. I am particularly in favor of letting people who have uh, committed a felony that was nonviolent to be able to to uh, legally purchase and carry a firearm. And my thought here, Jordan, is this guy is just as vulnerable to crime as you and me. Only. 
because he committed welfare fraud uh, in 1995, we're not going to let him protect himself. That doesn't seem fair. Correct. It's Oh, man. That's a hard problem to solve. To, to me, it seems like we would have a new classification or reclassify uh, what we call the Class C and D felonies, the financial felonies, the child support felonies, those things, uh, so that they didn't it seems like that would be easier than trying to change the, the written law of, of uh, the Gun Control Act 1963. Um, it seems like that would be easier. But, yeah, I, I hear you because there's plenty of people that, especially bad checks. I've had lots of people that got turned down, denied. And then when I kind of, so did you have a felony? And they're like, well, I mean, I wrote a bad check, but that was 20 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, that, that doesn't go away. That's, that is their forever and it will keep you from having a firearm so I, I do feel the sympathy for some of those of course then where do you where do you draw the line what's the <laughs> right long line to draw of when you can and can't but uh i i man what happens if they overturn that does that make it so that every felon can have one and do you well, want everybody that gets released from jail to have one i don't well let's i don't know let's look at it uh logically <laughs> no this is a we're talking about gun control. There is no logical discussion. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I apologize. But if somebody goes to prison, and I don't care what it's for, bank robbery, uh, murder, assault, whatever it is, they get out and they want to get a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, maybe they've turned their life, ar- their life around. Should they be vulnerable if they've turned their life around? Can <sighs> we stop them from getting a gun just because we make it a law? Uh, that's, that's a lot of different questions there. So, no, you can't stop them, right? Because we know that. Otherwise, there'd be no bad guys with guns. Um, I don't know if they should be able to or not. I mean, gosh, how do you know? I mean, how many times do we have repeat offenders and we're like, oh, why did you let that guy come back in from Mexico? Why did you let that guy free again? We, everybody, everybody that knew him knew something was going to happen. So, you know, why, why is all this happening? I See, this decision is much more difficult because we perceive that we are to punish the bad guy instead of rehabilitate. And that ought to be the, the, uh, the metric for releasing somebody on the street. We're going to hold you. We're going to give you some classes. We're going to give you some counseling. We're going to try and turn your life around. We're going to watch how you exist here while you're uh, incarcerated. We're not going to treat you like an animal, but we're going to, you know, we're not going to let you loose on the street. And when we believe that you are indeed, uh, you know, you've seen the light, you've got a future, now you're a free man again. If you're just looking at punishing people, yeah. that doesn't turn them around. No, and I don't think I, no, my opinion, I don't think I do. I don't view it as turning anybody around. I view it as protecting society, and maybe I'm I'm, I'm a worse person for that. But that's just how that's that's just how I view it is protecting society from bad people. Now, check writers. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, it sucks because I mean, as a business owner, has had plenty of people write me bad checks, and I take a hit for it. You know, lose the stuff, lose the money, get 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 charged by the bank for someone else writing a bad check. All that goes down on us. Uh, but. Uh, as far as protecting us, that's where I consider the people we put in jail forever. I mean, you look at the stories and you worry about some of these liberal prosecutors that let the bad people go early because of this, because of that, because that's what they want to. Um, you know, you just had the news story of the, the 17-year-old that ran over the mom and daughter and killed them. 
and uh, he got released from prison uh, really, really fast, early. He went out and got himself killed, uh, got himself shot. But uh, those things we look at and we go, why did you put this person back on the street already? So... I don't. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, I don't know who gets to make the rule, right? Or who gets to make the decision? No. Who gets we got, to make the decision? We've got compounding problems here. Yeah, you've so got many. laws that that allow me, you know, allow the justice system to incarcerate you because you're not living a lifestyle that we want. Right. Uh, you're using marijuana, or you're using drugs, or uh, you know, non. You're engaged in prostitution, or uh, so we're filling up the jails with nonviolent criminals uh, whose only you know, victim is themselves. And I think that makes it more challenging. We're looking at punishing instead of rehabilitating. Yeah. Um, we've, we've really, we really ought to take a, a real good look at what we're doing because it's not working. The rate of recidivism is so high that it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and if I were a police officer and I risked my life to 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 arrest somebody who was uh, you know a danger to society, and some stupid DA turned around and said, "Had no bond, it, it, go ahead, walk <laughs> away." I I'd want to quit. And I think the only way to fix that is to make the realization we don't have as society enough money to put in jail the amount of people we put in jail. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Figure out how to fix that, but that's the that's the gist of it. I think there should be a way that some people could get their gun rights restored. But not just because you got released on probation, parole, not just because you got out. There should be a system, but it needs a little bit of effort yeah. uh, to prove. And if you're not willing to spend a little bit of time to prove that you're better, then maybe that's still you shouldn't have it. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a spitballing idea, of course. Then, yeah. Hey, we need more money. So, <laughs> But that's what we're doing. That's what you have to do. you got to sit around yeah. and come, around, come up with ideas and see if it, you know, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. Let me go to the phones here. Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary. Hey, uh, I, I agree with you that, um, you know, they're felons. Once they've committed, you know, rights don't go away and come back. They don't magically go away. The Bill of Rights is absolute. And if you're not actually under the uh, being punished, yeah, you should be able to get a gun. And we need to just follow that. We do have something, instead of trying to write laws or make rules for every little contingency, we actually have a system that's supposed to work, and we have these guys called judges who are supposed to make judgments and have latitudes depending on the crimes. We need to exercise that end of the system, and I think it would be a lot easier than try to make blanket rules that are going to fit every situation across the whole country. Yeah, another point well made. Dave, thank you for thank the call. You. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I got a message from James. Sounds to me... Like this law is extremely racist, a higher percentage of blacks have felonies than whites, so more of them are banned from carrying. We cannot allow this racism to stand in our country, said James facetiously, I am sure. Um, all right, listen, we're up against the clock. we got to take a quick break, but we're going to snap right back on Gary on Guns. So unfair of you to make fun of Jordan like that. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this, Brian. You like that bump? I was thinking about adding it to a rotation. I think what so. What do you think? I mean, I mean, it seems to fit. It does. We just lost Mister Cosby or Crosby, and I think right. that fits perfectly. Yeah, I, I, I am here, guys. You know, I oh, I, oh hey, Gary, the old you, guy's buddy? back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I thought we would wrap the show up uh, with uh, a, a brief uh, a recap of the firearms that we brought into into the studio from 
Powderhorn Guns and Archery, uh, and B, a couple of good, uh, well, good stories, good news stories, because we cover all the bad stuff all the time. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, do a brief recap on the uh, three firearms you brought in the studio. So we've got the SIG Rattler, which is a uh, <clears throat> AR-ish uh, pistol uh, weapon system with the brace on it. We've got the Beretta 92X RDO with the Vertec uh, frame on it. Awesome little gun. And then uh, we have the Smith & Wesson, the new Smith & Wesson Equalizer with a very easy to rack and manipulate slide. And if you're interested in those... Uh, maybe just uh, at 10 o'clock you call or you get down to Powderhorn Guns and Archery. you got a website uh, as well as a Facebook page. Um, yes, PowderhornColumbia.com. PowderhornColumbia.com. Interesting. Okay. Yes, <laughs> um, good news. There is a... Uh, well, I'll just give you the whole story here. Uh Michael Ernest Ross, 43, and Lori Lynn Potter, 57, repeatedly walked in front of the entrance to the Hubble Tower Apartments in Des Moines, Iowa. Shay Lindbergh, the manager at uh, the Hubble Tower Apartments, noticed the duo and confronted the couple about lurking around the front door of the building. At that time, Lindbergh had her young son by her side. When suddenly, one of the suspects attempts to snatch the child. A struggle ensued. However, the mother was packing heat. The couple fled the kidnapping at, uh, at, uh, attempt after seeing that the woman was armed. Uh, then she, uh, Lindbergh, called uh, their security people. They ended up getting arrested. That couple did. But it's another case, Jordan, of somebody brandishing a weapon to repel a bad guy, never firing around who would have been a victim if they hadn't been allowed to carry a gun. Yes. I think it's a good news story. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's exactly what we're looking for. Probably yeah. never happened to any of us. I mean, statistically, <laughs> well, not likely to happen. Not to likely. Man. Yeah, that's why you've got it for that one day that it might. Yeah, it's like insurance. So, um, God, I thought it was a good news story. Absolutely. But wait, but wait, there's more good news uh, out in West Virginia, they have a, uh, con a, a campus carry bill uh, that looks like it's going to pass. It, uh, on Wednesday, the state Senate committee approved a bill allowing those who possess a concealed carry license to carry on college and university campuses starting next year. Uh, they're sending it to the floor for consideration by the full Senate. Uh, it would remove the gun-free zone designation from many parts of college campuses. Uh, there are a couple of exemptions, uh, but I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and I think it's another good news story. Absolutely. I mean, I, yes, the, the restriction on a lot of places like that seem to be fickle at best, um, it, it, especially campuses, especially campuses. You should you should definitely open that back up, but it. It's just another. <laughs> we've said we beat the the horse into the ground here, but yeah, I think that will uh, hopefully slowly take over in the uh, not uh, coastal states. Does anybody know what's going on uh, here in Missouri? Because I know that there was a challenge. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, the first attorney to start it off was uh, uh, Jennifer Bukowski uh, for one of her professors. Then uh, she passed it on to a, 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 another attorney and. 
They they went through the court system. Where did it end I, up? Gosh, I think he did not win. But, dude, I'm doing this based completely on memory. Yeah, I, we're extemporizing but, here. Yeah, I just don't remember. But, yeah, I do remember that story because he did sue saying he should be allowed to have it. And uh, I, I don't think... I don't think he won that. Or maybe it's still tied up. I just... Oh. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been and, years. <laughs> and I am curious about that. We'll have to look that up, see if we can get it answered uh, next week on Carry On Guns. But, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. It, it's not like there haven't been bad guys with guns on college campuses. Uh, we've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, and it just like in, in regular schools, grade schools, high schools, I think... People who are, you know, at least people who have taken the time to to take the classes. Yep. And what's the difference between being able to carry a firearm there and in a in a mall or, or walking down the street? <laughs> it's a government installation. That, that is the difference. That's why they say it. But there's there's not. You are have a lot more people around you. So yeah, training I think is important for that situation. Uh, when you do have that many people and you have to think about hallways and where bullets travel and you really do need a little bit of training in that. But there's there's no difference. Just like can't take it in the post office. Can't take it here or there. There's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and well, I I don't. It makes me crazy the post office thing, and it, it's something that I'm always worried about. <laughs> You're driving to the post office. You've got your firearm with you. Uh, whatever you do, uh, my best advice to you is do not disarm yourself in the parking lot of the post office. Don't take your firearm out of the holster, put it under your seat or in the floor console or the glove box or wherever you do it. Uh, and, and, and do not have, uh, don't tread on me, NRA <laughs> or other sticker on the back of your car. Uh, we don't all need to know. The whole point of concealed carry is so that we don't. But if you stop and do that in the parking lot and the bad guy sees you while you're in the post office, they're taking your gun. Yeah. So, uh, and at the very least, uh, perhaps find a good way to uh, to secure the gun. Uh, I've got a cable now that I wrapped. It, it, it's got a lock on it. It goes around the seat stanchion. Uh, and it it enables me to uh, lock the gun. Do something. Don't just leave it there. Potterhorn Guns and Archery. Jordan, thank you for being with us, old guy. <laughs> thank you so much, young man. <laughs> Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.